eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Insider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Happy New Year's Eve, Dolphin fans. Welcome in to another episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. My kids skip nap time, so if you hear them making noise in the background, please forgive me. But as the great Tommy Pickles once said, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. And we needed to bring you a preview episode of Sunday's matchup between Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans against Tua Tungavailoa's Miami Dolphins. But first, let me welcome in my co-host, the greatest in the world, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How are you doing today, Jake? Josh, what a Tommy Pickles reference. I that was that was very impressive. What a way to had end to do the it. year. Had to do it. Is going to the past. But he had he had one line where he said, you know, he's gonna do his work, he's gonna work really hard, and he's gonna go home and have a nappy nap. So that's our goal today, Josh. We're gonna come in here. Um, we're gonna offer a drinking game to everyone out there. And every time someone says, I'll see you next year, just go ahead and drink. I mean, it'll be more enjoyable the more you drink because that's that's quickly, Josh, become one of those sayings where uh, just bash my head against the wall instead of saying it because yeah. 
I, I was laughing. I thought you were going to say every time Josh says, you know, or, or Jake, <laughs> take a shot. I thought, I thought you were going to come out just throwing, uh, you know, guns a blazing towards me. But yeah, man, take a drink every time someone says see you next year, because that's always been that corniest joke of them all. But I don't know about you, Jake, but I'm very happy that 2021 is in the rearview mirror and we're on to bigger and better things in 2022. Gosh, every year is just a step closer away from 2020 and the pandemic. Obviously, there's plenty going on. Uh, COVID is running wild, but hopefully as time goes on, things will become more normal. Um, And Josh, speaking of things becoming normal, uh, it's been this way for about 10 years, but the Dolphins flirting with a playoff spot in late December. Now, what might not be normal is, hey, maybe this is the time that the Dolphins Shock the world. They make the playoffs. Granted, they did that back in 2016. Uh, But I think we can all agree that for the most part, this Dolphins team has really found their sweet spot and just really sucking in early January. Yeah, and that is just how they've always been, right? But this weekend's matchup, Jake, uh, again, can't get over how important it is. The 8-7 and Miami Dolphins against the 10-5 and Tennessee Titans. Miami is 21-17 and all-time. And they're on a two-game winning streak. You do have written down the last game was the longest in NFL history. Lightning strikes led to Miami's 27-20 win, taking seven hours and eight minutes. The Titans are currently three-and-a-half home point favorites. Um, Lots of history between these two teams, Jake. And again, I don't know that, you know, in recent memory, none have met nearly as much as this matchup will mean. Josh, do you remember that seven-hour game? Because I I really don't remember what happened in the game. I just remember afterwards thinking, wow, that was a lot of work watch this game did you keep, i think shakeem grant had a, a kick return for a touchdown i just remember that was the one day i talked to uh ethan skolnick on the phone and you and i started you know writing for was it si maven dolphin site i mean that was i think the first mm-hmm. time him and i talked was that game but dude that game took forever and i mean as much as we love football we cannot wait for that one to end josh and one of the big things we do uh, i think a lot of people who want, listen to the show know that we are charlie right we are in the basement talking about the mail and hoping somebody will listen to us talk about the mail um, and we aren't going to do that talking about the Miami Dolphins and their playoff scenarios because I've started to see some stories uh, that talk about, hey, if the Dolphins lose this weekend, X, Y, and Z can still happen and they make the playoffs. My brain goes haywire. I start to drool a little bit every time I see that stuff. So we're just going to focus on the Titans. The Titans can clinch the South with a win or a Colts loss. This is a very motivated team. Has nothing to do with the fact that Ryan Tannehill is coming in for that revenge game since the Dolphins traded him when Brian Flores became the coach back in 2019. And Josh, one thing we've joked about, but I think it's very true, is the fact that Ryan Tannehill is a very, very sackable quarterback. Now, the Dolphins have had horrible offensive lines for years, but I remember watching Josh Rosen in 2019 come in, and I think it was that week three game against the Cowboys, just speaking like, I haven't seen this pocket presence in 10 years. We've had Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. The way Rosen just, Josh Rosen, man, the way he moved his feet in the pocket impressed me so much more than Tannehill. And I'm not saying they're on the same level, uh, but what I'm trying to work back to is I think the way Tannehill plays, uh, he does his offensive line no favors. He's really good at, you know, throwing the ball, throwing the ball really far as a linebacker is putting his helmet into his face, which has always been impressive to see. But man, I am very excited to see this matchup because I don't see a quarterback. Even Ian Book did it last week where he shifted away. I think it was from Sealer or Wilkins or something. Tannehill is not capable of extending plays past the defensive lineman. But he should be, right? I mean, we talked about in the last podcast. Was that not one of the most frustrating 
frustrating things about him is he had that mm-hmm. mobility, he had that different level to his game, and he just never took it there. You do have written down here the Titans have left tackle Taylor Luan and left guard Roger Stafford back after missing week 16. So they will get some help there on the offensive line. I don't think they are going to have Derrick Henry this week again. I, as soon as we finished our podcast, I went on Twitter and I saw replies and people suggesting that he might be back. So again, <laughs> I'm going to wait. I'll see it when I believe it, but it does look like they won't have Derrick Henry. But I thought you were getting ready to say it, Jake. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a sitting duck at times. I mean, he reminds you of the Statue of Liberty, the way yep. he just kind of hangs out back there. And, you know, he almost looks like he's sinking in quicksand at times. So I think this is going to be the perfect scenario for the Dolphins, just rear their head back and come at the quarterback. But that's going to be a lot harder if they don't have a guy like Brandon Jones. I know that earlier today, the Miami Dolphins, I, I think, Brian Flores spoke to the media and he said, you know, there's, I think a lot of reports saying that he could come off tomorrow. That's not the case. This is a Sunday thing. The Miami Dolphins may even activate him similar to what they did with Javon Holland a week ago, hoping that they can get him out there. But, you know, Eric Rose ready to jump in there at any time, but Brandon Jones, I mean, we've seen how valuable he's been off the edge coming at the quarterback. I don't know, man, but I'm excited to see the way this Dolphins defense with those 45 sacks boost that number against Ryan Tannehill, man, because uh, you know, you know how Twitter is going to be throughout this game, back and forth. Every time Tannehill does something, it's going to be it's going to be a fun weekend. Josh, one of my favorite reviews we've ever gotten on iTunes, and if you haven't reviewed the podcast, that stuff helps us out. It helps people find the shows. You know the whole routine. It puts that pep in our step. One of the best reviews we got was the fact that it was, wow, Josh provides great content, and then Jake ruins it by saying something stupid. Now, I think I'm not going to do that, but let me know if I am. Would you really be concerned if Derrick Henry suited up like we saw what Russell Wilson did, the miraculous comeback? But I mean, I'm not saying that Derrick Henry won't be good, but the first week back, he's obviously on the shorter end of that timetable. I mean, would we really be that afraid of maybe a banged up Derrick Henry trying to fight this Dolphins defense? Are we still kind of stuck in that past regime or even what, two years ago when the team was the worst rushing defense in franchise history? Or am I just being silly thinking, Jesus, it's Derrick Henry, a train's a train, no matter how much it's working. I think, I mean, a train is definitely a train, no matter how it's working, (laughs) but I think it might just be, you know, just previous experiences with these Dolphins teams, right? I mean, uh, a guy could be on the IR all season, come back. You know, I think I was what uh, Antonio Brown with the, the New England Patriots. I mean, he had that one game. I think he played all year and he had a huge game against the Dolphins. So I think it's just a little bit of us just kind of going back and just thinking that's so Dolphins. But Derrick Henry, man, I, I don't think it does matter, truthfully. I think this Dolphins defense, what we've seen over the last few weeks, the way they've handled the run game, where they completely turned this thing around. I mean, it, this defense is legit. So I would like to see, um, I'm going to sound crazy for this. It would be nicer to see Derrick Henry out there so that the Titans don't have any excuses this Sunday if the Dolphins were to win that game. But Jake, you're right. That's a train that the Dolphins should be very thankful they're not playing this weekend. But you have a great point, Josh. I mean, I think we'd all, like, we've heard all the things throughout the last, what, two months about how the Dolphins are facing these weak quarterbacks and whatever it may be. And I, I think back to last year, man, where the Dolphins lost to the Bills in week 17. And all I thought to myself is, I'd rather this happen than win some sort of fraud week 17 game and then get stomped out by the Bills the following week in the first round of the playoffs. That might sound weird, but it just kind of gives you a better vision of where the team is. So, you know, I'd rather see the Dolphins come out this week and if it's the Titans at full strength, that'd be cool to see how this team matches up. Hey, you finally have a team that's, you know, relatively healthy. How can this Dolphins team do? Weirdly, Josh, I think these two teams are a lot alike. I mean, both teams are terrible when it comes to protecting their quarterback. And I think it just starts with their quarterbacks. I found this Brian Flores quote, and I thought this was very, very cool, where they were both in New England. I think it was 2008. Mike Vrabel was still uh, still playing for the Patriots at the time. And Flores said this. He said, I didn't coach Vrabel. I would say he probably more coached me as a young guy, pretty much as a coach on the field then. I certainly didn't coach him, but I have a lot of respect for him. I think his toughness, 
I think that all shows up and you see it in the way he, his team plays. He's somebody I call a friend. I have a great deal of respect for him. Now, Josh, these are two defenses and we'll start with how the Dolphins defense is going to deal with what the Titans are going to do, but they're flexible, right? We kind of spoke about how Jerome Baker wins, uh, AFC defensive player of the month. It's not because he's getting a bunch of sacks or interceptions. It's because he is just that icing on top of a perfect defense where you can have it be chocolate frosting one day. You can have it be strawberry. You could throw sprinkles on that bitch if you wanted. He is just such a flexible, creative player. And you look at Kevin Byard on the uh, Titans. He is a safety compared to that linebacker, but it's that same Swiss army knife where you need someone to kind of tie up that defense. So Josh, let, let's sit here. We know the Dolphins defense leads the league with 45 sacks. COVID issues, Derrick Henry. I think Julio Jones is on the COVID-19 list. A.J. Brown, man, this is the ball game. If you want to put this game over a stove and boil away the fat, you'll see A.J. Brown doing a dance in the end zone. This guy caught 11 of 16 targets for 145 yards last week and a touchdown. We spoke a little bit about it last week, Josh. How do you see the secondary really trying to match up against A.J. Brown? Yeah, Jake, I mean, honestly, is it not kind of like the Spider-Man meme with these two teams? And I mean, I guess it's no surprise considering they both spent that time in New England. But I mean, it's just defensive minded. Go out there and don't turn the football over. Do enough to win this game. I mean, I don't know how the Dolphins are going to stop A.J. Brown. You mentioned it last week. Caught 11 to 16 targets for 145 yards and a touchdown. Tannehill finished that game with 209 yards. A.J. Brown looked unstoppable. We talked about it in the last podcast. I mean, we're all sitting here saying, and, you know, a lot of Dolphin fans, you mentioned it, we're fearful of Derrick Henry. I mean, maybe we should have been fearful of A.J. Brown. This guy's a mm-hmm. legit number one wide receiver. And when he's out there, I mean, Tannehill is – Tannehill's laser focused on him. So this to me is that marquee matchup, the main event that WrestleMania won, you know, under the giant versus Hulk Hogan. I got to look that up. I'm not even sure if that was WrestleMania one, but you know what I mean? This is two heavyweights, two of the best at their positions going head to head. And if the Dolphins want to win this game, I mean, they have to find a way to stop AJ Brown. That is really going to be the key. I mean, Josh Tannehill threw for 64 yards. That wasn't to AJ Brown last week. Uh, They did just activate Nick Westbrook Aquina from the reserve COVID-19 list. It just does kind of seem like that Titans offense has been just plugging in pieces, dealing with a bunch of different injuries. Uh, Taylor Luan and Roger Staffold being back. That brings up the interesting point, Josh, of Emmanuel Ogg has been balling out lately and Jalen Phillips has been a little bit more quiet. So you look at this bolstered side of the Titans offensive line and you think about the fact Brandon Jones might not play where do you see the Dolphins bringing pressure? Do you know you kind of help out Phillips who's been quiet a little bit lately? You bring a, you know, a corner, a safety from that side, or do you just keep going after that right side that seems a little bit weaker? Because I mean, hey, Taylor Luan's a pretty damn good football player. He is, and I think we continue to see the Dolphins bring that extra help off the edge, bring those safeties. I mean, again, I love Brandon Jones. We think he the world of him, but Eric Rowe has proven that he can start in this league. He's proven he can do a lot of those same things. So I think you keep attacking him the same way you've done over the last few weeks. I guess the biggest thing that stands out to me, Jake, and something we didn't even talk about is I think right now the weather's calling for snow in Tennessee. So I think it's uh-huh. actually going to get colder throughout the day. I mean, I think it starts as rain. I do think it's going to shift over to snow. Obviously, it's not Sunday yet, but that's something to keep an eye on because then this game turns into a game where it's just, you know, running the football, defense, finding ways to win this game. I mean, I guess that's a way it is either way but I think the way the Dolphins come out and attack this stop the run force Ryan Tannehill to to beat him with to beat you with his arm which I mean we as Dolphin fans know how difficult that is but bring that extra pressure off the edge Jake that's how I do it Josh the Miami's Dolphins defense is first in sacks first in quarterback hits eight sacks and 14 quarterback hits a week ago I thought it was pretty cool I saw Andrew Van Ginkle is actually tied for the league lead in 
quarterback hits this year. I think it's 14. So that's a, that's a pretty fun note. The Titans have allowed 45 sacks tied for 29th in the league. And to put a cherry on top of this Colts offense versus Dolphins defense, um, I think this could be a battle where the Titans can squeeze out a couple big plays and really take advantage of how the Dolphins defense plays. Obviously with the success the Dolphins had, I think they are going to have no issues. I hope that could just be the homer in me. Uh, but I did see a tweet going around Josh yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but it was about a training camp. I think it was 2018 where Xavier Howard picked off Ryan and Hill three times in a single practice. And man, that had me feeling pretty good. Jake, I did not see that tweet servicing, but that almost reminds me of that old tweet. You know, how many times do we remember when Ryan Tannehill, we heard that reporting, was in a practice squad player's face, you know, kind of getting him shit about how much money he made. So uh, that's the mm-hmm. first thing I thought of. But Jake, that is the key to the Dolphins attacking this Ryan Tannehill-led offense. Let's jump into a break, and when we come back, let's talk about Tua Tagovailoa and this Miami Dolphins offense, because for as good as the Dolphins defense is playing, we're going to need a much different game from this offense if they want to contend with the Titans on Sunday. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, we've mentioned some of the activations the Titans have off the COVID-19 list, but I think it's important to start this conversation going into Sunday's game about the fact that outside linebacker Bud Dupree and cornerback, this guy is a super throwback, Buster Screen remain on that practice or on that COVID-19 list. To be honest, man, I'd love to see Buster Screen out there. That's a guy who uh, you got to torch a couple times a year just being in the same division as the Jets. I'm uh, impressed he's still in the league. Good good for him, but he's always someone you like to see lining up on the other side, at least uh, in past years, that was the case. But Josh, when we look big picture at how this Dolphins offense is going to play against this Titans defense, Bud Dupree, I just mentioned him. He came back last week. He had sacks in each of the last two weeks. If he hits the field, man, this is where that Titans defense starts to scare me, kind of like the Saints defense did, because we are yet to see that Dolphins offense have that breakthrough game where, hey, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. It doesn't matter what the matchups are. Uh, We have the talent. We have the game plan to come in and score whatever, 24, 31 points and really dominate, control a game where the offense um, can maybe let the defense take a breather now and again, because that's not really something we have seen too, too much lately. We haven't. I honestly don't know. I mean, I would love to come on here and say we're going to see it this weekend, but I don't know if we are. I mean, this Tennessee Titans defense is legit. You mentioned Bud Dupree sacks in each of his last two games, intercepted Jimmy G twice last week, this Titans defense. But the player that stands out most is Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, I know a lot of Dolphin fans wanted the team to draft him back when they took Christian Wilkins. But I mean, we love what Christian Wilkins has done. But Jeffrey Simmons is a whole nother animal, man. And I don't know if you saw it, but someone tweeted out, you know, some things never change. It was a picture of Jesse Davis 
helping Ryan Tannehill up <laughs> off the ground. And then there was honestly, and then of course they had a picture of Tua being helped up by Jesse Davis. I mean, I guess Davis has been around that long, but I just found that just so fitting that, you know, he's just laying over Tannehill's lifeless body and, you know, some things never change. So I think the Dolphins, the way they need to approach this, Jake, whether that's snow, whether it's not is run that football. I mean, it's so damn cliche to say, but when you have Duke Johnson running effectively, like we saw two weeks ago, or even last week, I mean, him and Philip Lindsay, I mean, they look decent. They don't have that yards per carry that you would have liked, but they got the sure yardage when you needed that yard or two, they were able to do that. So I think you need to start this game by pounding the rock. And then at that point, you just got to let your guys feast. And, you know, Jalen Waddle needs to have a monster game because we're starting to realize every week that he is just a superstar. He is just one of those players that you need to find a way to get the football to. Josh, last week, Jalen Waddle, 10 receptions on 12 targets for 92 yards and uh, Tutty. The big key for me here, man, I mentioned Kevin Bayard. Uh, how is Mike Kosicki going to do in this game? He has 67 receptions for 707 yards on the year. Josh, he hasn't broken 54 yards since the Falcons game. He also hasn't scored since then. Can Gasecki, someone who is about to be a free agent, start to raise his price tag with a performance, a strong performance against an all pro safety like Bayard? Or is Miami's offense starting to develop in a way where it's a lot more to the outside? They're not really using the middle as much as we saw early in the year with the Parker, with the Gasecki. Yes, we saw the game winning touchdown, I think, two weeks ago where uh, Tua audible into that slam, but it does seem like they're getting Durham Smythe, Jalen Waddle, these guys involved on the outside. Matt Collins, we're seeing it a little bit. So I do wonder what this price tag is, ha- is evolving into for. Gasicki, someone who was a major part of this offense early in the year. And it seems like they're kind of pulling away from it a little bit, but I mean, I will be the first one to tell you that that talent that he has cannot be ignored for too long. Yeah, maybe the Dolphins are doing this just so that price tag goes down. But all, all jokes aside, I think it's just the way these defenses have come to, you know, realize early on he was the Dolphins' focal point. I mean, at some points, you know, Waddle will be locked down. The running game wasn't working. You'd find ways to get Kasicki involved. Now you can't do that because I think these defenses are just coming into this game plan to take away Mike Kasicki. But uh, all jokes aside, man, I hope that somehow brings down his price tag because at one point it looked like this dude was going to make the moon after that Mark Andrews signing and then after Dallas Goddard. So, uh, I don't know, man. I think he needs to open this thing up. And I, I hope Devontae Parker comes out there and shows his worth. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. all jokes aside, I mean, this guy has been a huge difference maker when he's in the game, making multiple big catches on third down, being that guy that Tua, you know, when he sees him on one-on-one coverage, Tua is throwing that ball up there. So I, I need to see this offense take the next step. And a lot of that's going to be with Tua Tungvaloa. Jake, how do you see them matching up here? I mean, you have written down the Titans are 10th with 37 sacks, 11th in quarterback hits. Obviously that offensive line is vulnerable for the Dolphins, but what we've seen out two of these last few weeks was enough to win these games, but those were also against, again, Ian Book, you know, uh, Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. They were against some dismal teams. So playoff matchup, Two marquee AFC teams. How do you see Tua Tungvaloa showing up in this game? Man, you really hope that we see the just the consistency, right? There's always those two or three plays that really just have you scratching our head. Uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins had a great quote where playing the Miami Dolphins offense is like, Where's Waldo? I mean, and you're, it's where's Waddle? Where are you going to find him? It'd be great to see. I think there were a couple plays last week. And again, this is really nitpicky. But when you're talking about someone you want to be your franchise quarterback, I think there's a third and six where he overthrew Miles Gaskin. It wasn't the one where he was coming over the middle uh, of the field and had a linebacker. It was earlier in the game and it was more of an out route than anything where he overthrew him. I would just like to see. Yes, he had the, the deep throw to Mac Hollins. That was impressive. But I would like to see sustained drives where you see two or three plays on that drive that belong in like the YouTube video of highlights of the game right you'd like to see just those plays that resolve in drives and points i mean talk about a strange and deep philosophy in scoring points in the league but i think it really does boil down to converting on those third and four third and five because i think the biggest issue 
with the offensive line, whether it was Tannehill and, and Tua was, hey, we can't expect Tua to convert third and 11 over and over again. Last week, man, I think Tannehill converted eight third and eights. That is so insane. That is so unreasonable that I don't think anyone should expect that. But I'd love to see this team sustain those drives by converting the third and five, third and six, and doing it relatively easily. Because the way this offense is built, man, it is to get those five or six yards. I'd hate to get into those situations where we see third and one, especially week 17, week 16, whatever it is, I, 17, sorry. And it's Jacoby Brissett again coming out, and especially if the play fails where he's doing a rollout, which, you know, Tua, put him in the field, put him, give him three choices, and he'll make the right decision. I think that's where we got to start to see this Dolphins offense be comfortable inside itself. Just something we really, really haven't seen, whether it was last week, you know, Waddle scores a touchdown, but it did look very uncomfortable at times. And, and you hope some of that rust is starting to shake off, but it's a little concerning in week 17 that we haven't seen, you know, that one game where they can just burst down the freeway going 85 miles per hour. Yeah, and we're still waiting for it. I mean, hopefully that comes together. But you mentioned some of those bad throws from two. I mean, that is still honestly the biggest head scratcher. And honestly, one of the biggest gripes with this game is that every day, every game he goes out there, it seems like there's that one play that just makes you go WTF. But to the same point, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but he gives you some excitement that we haven't felt, you mm -hmm. know, since in many years. I mean, some of the way he moves around the pocket, I mean, that one throw he made was just freaking impressive as hell. I mean, you mentioned the Matt Collins pass. So every game, I mean, he has that one boneheaded throw, but at the same time, you're seeing four or five throws that just make you go, holy shit, man. Like the way he moved in the pocket, the way he eluded pressure. I mean, we haven't seen that. So I, I want to see him step up in, you know, this huge matchup. It's not two versus Ryan Tannehill, but in a way, you know, it's going to feel like that. So hopefully the right. offense can go out there. Hopefully they can do enough because, Again, the season's over if they can't. Josh, one last question here to wrap us up. I started thinking about this, and I'm, I'm curious because I think the running game is going to be a very big part of the game. The rain, the snow. I mean, remember seeing Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage while throwing a bubble screen to Jarvis Landry in the rain, right? So, I mean, these are they aren't necessarily quarterbacks who have the best arms, the best mechanics to really thrive in brutal conditions. So I think the running game is going to be huge. I think the dolphins are going to play a lot around the line of scrimmage. So I got to ask you, man, when we're, as we're wrapping up 2021 and looking ahead to 2022, which unit is going to have more new faces on it next year when we're talking about Miami Dolphins running back room or the receiver room? Because, I mean, you have Phil Lindsay, you have Duke Johnson, even Miles Gaskin at this point. These guys are fighting for jobs while that receiving core, man, Matt Collins is awesome. Everybody who disrespected saying he doesn't deserve to be a uh, captain, remember that. You looked foolish. Uh, but, man, outside of Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, Matt Collins, I don't know who else is going to be in that receiving core next year. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, it might honestly come down to schematics. I mean, this might just be one person away from, you know, the running back, you know, the wide receiver core being the one that has the most overture. I think it would be the wide receiver. You know, I mean, at this point you got what Jalen Waddle, you mentioned Matt Collins being more than a special teams guy being a big, big play receiver down the field. I mean, do they bring back Devontae Parker? I'm not too sure how his contract looks. So, I mean, right there, we got, what, three guys that we know are coming back. And with the way Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay have looked, I mean, this coaching staff, they were the guys that were ahead of this unit last week. So I, mm -hmm. I'm going to say the receiving core, Jake. And I think that's crazy because of, you know, I thought coming into this year, everything was kind of, I don't want to say figured out, but I felt like we felt pretty good about some of the weapons they brought in. And when you look at it, besides from Jalen Waddle, it's the same unit. So I think you're right that this is a great question. I think we'll probably look back at this and, you know, they're probably going to draft a receiver and a running back. They'll probably sign a veteran in free agency. But again, when all is said and done, I think it's going to be that receiving core. Josh, what a crazy year. And all I got to say, man, I'm not only grateful for the fact that they won, the Miami Dolphins won seven straight games. And here we are entering 2022 with playoff hopes. But 
people are actually willing to listen to us be absolutely crazy talking about the mill. And, you know, we say it every week, but I cannot say it enough how awesome it is to, you know, hear from people, talk with people, because this podcast, man, is a blast. Your girls are always having a fun time in the back. It's a lot of fun to do. So thank you guys so much for joining us this year. We are hoping, we are hoping week 18, we aren't trying to pull ourselves out of that grave that we just dug and the Miami Dolphins are looking at the playoffs. Follow us on Twitter. Most importantly, Josh, he's got all the memes. He's got all the gifts at H-O-U-T-Z. I can be found at Twitter, on Twitter, at jmendel94. For Jake Mendel, for Joshua Houts, we are hoping we can say some horrible things about Ryan Tannehill, but until then, have a wonderful New Year's and fins up. Happy New Year, fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami.